Hello, friends. Welcome once again to the Perfect Bound Podcast. This is a podcast all about anything and everything comic books and comics related, brought to you by the Panel Jumper and Comics Dungeon. My name is Ben. With me, as always, is Nicole Lamb. Hello. Chris Casso. Hello. And, of course, Mr. Cole Hornaday. Good evening. And we have a special guest today. Joining us is Alex Bankeeton to tell us more about Alex. I'm going to put us in the capable hands of Mr. Chris Casso. Not so capable. But, uh, <laughs> so, uh, Alex, uh, so we, we got a new book coming out called Headless. It's coming out on the 28th of August. Um, it's from Scout Comics. And we're going to have you down here at the store to do a signing as well. So I thought it would be fun to have you on the show. Uh, before we talk about Headless, can you tell us a bit more about yourself and your own publishing company, uh, Fearless, or uh, sorry, Fright, Fright and um, other projects you've worked on? Sure. Um, so, yeah, I'm a comic book creator, and uh, I started self-publishing in about 2016, and mm-hmm. that was under Fright. And then I put out, um, I guess, I want to say three titles. Um, I put out Captives, Champions of Earth, and uh, a book called Hard Tales, but that's digital right now. I haven't made a print version of it yet. Gotcha. Yeah, we've and, got Captives uh, and Champions of Earth at the store right now. Yeah, in fact, uh, and, they're and, sitting and, right in front of us. <laughs> and thank you, thank you for carrying them. That's yeah, super huh? cool of you. Always was super cool of you. I appreciate it. Thanks for and, bringing um, them down. <laughs> no, thank you. And then um, from there, I just started um, working on Headless. And uh, so um, the artist for Headless is the same artist who penciled Captives. So that's oh, cool. um, uh, Robert Ahmad. Yeah, I, I, I'm always concerned I'm going to mispronounce his name, but I think that's right. It's A-H-M-A-D. I don't know the correct pr- pronunciation of that. but Gotcha. Um, and Robert and I have been working together for a while. Um, Robert actually lives in uh, London or somewhere in England. I think he lived in London at first, but he's moved around. Mm-hmm. And um, eventually Robert and I worked on Captives, and he said, you know, I want to work on something else for a bit, like not sword and sorcery. And uh, I had this Headless Horseman comic I came up with a while ago. And I pitched it to him and I, I showed it to him and he said, yeah, this is awesome, but it needs to take place in the 80s and I need this and I need that. I'm like, cool. So now he's co-creator of the book. And nice. then we uh, we did a first issue and um, I originally, again, I was just going to self-publish it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I pitched it to Scout and they liked it. And that's, you know, and here we are. <laughs> cool. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, you had a preview in um, this month, uh, this year's free comic book day, didn't you? I was super excited about that, and you were nice cool. enough to put one aside for me, which was awesome. I think you did. Yeah. I don't remember, but I know I got one from your store. <laughs> I, th- yeah, I, I think was, we did. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. It was, it was like a, a crazy day. I was like, well, I, I have to do X and Y, and then what's even funnier is I remember. I think I was working on Headless that day. I, I was uh-huh. writing it, and I thought, oh, I, I have to like actually get dressed and go outside. So I, I remember. <laughs> I, I put on, you know, I was like, well, I can't go outside in pajamas, so I just put on <laughs> jeans and I went outside. And then at some point after I picked it up, I was walking down the street and this person just yelled at me, "Hey, nice shirt!" Like out of a car. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what it is about me as a person. People love to randomly yell <laughs> stuff at me. It's like a very weird, consistent thing in my life. Um, and I looked down. I was like, "Oh, I'm wearing my flash shirt that I went to sleep in. I didn't change this. So good, uh. good, good job on me." I, I don't think they were saying it to make fun of me. I think it was sincere. But this, was, yeah, this is Seattle, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nerd to miss And also, because this is Seattle, you probably could have worn your pajamas outdoors. Nobody would have glanced. That's, that's yeah, a good that point. Too. Yeah. Um, and I grew up in uh, New York City. So I'm originally from Brooklyn. And um, so I think to kind of go back to people randomly yelling stuff at me, <laughs> like that's really normal in Manhattan. If you right. wear anything that's even slightly comic book related. Um, mm. I remember... Anytime I wore a Superman t-shirt, I at least got four or five comments on the way to the train. 
It was just like <laughs> mandatory. Like you can't, can't avoid it. And, and it's always like a different kind of comment. It'll be, you know, why are you wearing my shirt? As if that person is Superman or it would be, um, I remember actually this doesn't happen to me. It happened to my buddy who actually co-wrote um, Champions of Earth. He was wearing a Superman shirt and he got on the bus and somebody said to him, why aren't you flying? And he's like, well, if I could fly, I wouldn't take the bus. So I don't know. It was a, uh, that was a weird tangent. But that that sticks out in my memory at the time. I remember being like, slightly embarrassed, but at the same time being like, well, it doesn't have any holes in it, you know. So there you go. Yeah. it's acceptable. <laughs> doing pretty good. So you're you're doing better was, than me because I already blacked out all of that free comic book day. That so, was um. that was actually pretty awesome. I remember the store was really uh, moving. I was I was excited oh, yeah. to watch. Yeah, it was nice. It was a lot. You guys have an awesome store, by the way. Thank you so much. (laughs) So in case our listeners can't tell, Alex is local to here in Seattle where we're located. And um, so you came in from Brooklyn. I flew (laughs) in from Brooklyn. But you live here now, sir. Um, I do. I do. So uh, you started self-publishing in 2016, if I got that right. What what, what were you doing before that? What got you into self-publishing comics? Um, Well, I, I went to school for comics. I went to SVA back in Manhattan. Uh, school of visual arts that was my major so um right when i finished school i was like i'm gonna make comics and then um what happened was and i, I do draw um but it got to a point where i was like i draw really slow <laughs> and i need to actually produce work and i found also that i tend to draw in a very um like european cartoonish style like i really really like pierre allure do you know who his work hmm. he did a, yeah. a book called bella don't I think and he actually I found his work because he did a random issue of Spider-Man family and I just opened it and it blew me away I'm like who who drew this like I just (laughs) was so impressed by it um I'm also really into Bruce Tim and um I really like Sean Galloway a lot (laughs) and like those kinds of art styles and I found I wanted to write stories that that art style didn't necessarily go with so that also kind of made me go you know I just start writing comics in addition to drawing comics on the side. And then from there, it just kind of took off. And I hit a point where I said, okay, I'm just going to self-publish. And I don't know, I, I'm I'm the kind of person that if I just want to do something, I'm just going to do it. And I didn't really, which is good and bad at the same time. That's how you get <laughs> things done these days. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it was one of those things where, and I think what's awesome about, you know, the time we live in now versus, I don't know, 30 years ago or something like that. You can just go, I'm going to make a comic and I'm going to self-publish it and I'm going to go to a show and then I'm going to put it on Comixology or whatever. I'm going to put it on the Mm -hmm. internet and then I'm going to do this. And it's just you have so many options to get your work out there. Um, And then from there, I just kind of kept going. And it's it was one of those funny things where I didn't necessarily have a plan. I just said, I'm just going to keep doing this. Mm -hmm. And then whatever happens, happens. But I'm I'm gonna keep doing it regardless. <laughs> so that was my attitude. Mm-hmm. Right. Did um how how was it uh, like uh, um, submitting your work to Scout? Like, do you already have a relationship with them? Um, uh, or... I actually. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I cut you off. Oh, I no, talk no, a lot in case people don't know. So just uh, I mean, in case it's not incredibly obvious. So I apologize. <laughs> we'll, sh- if I... we'll shut you up if we need. <laughs> yes, please, nah. please do, please do. You're all nah. good. Go, uh, go ahead. But um, what happened was I I did a show in Tampa. And um, I just by sheer coincidence, my table was across from uh, a table. Uh, Wayne Hall, uh, he has a really good podcast. I was on that show, too. And he does some stuff with Scout. And then I, uh, I saw that was the first time I saw Scout. And I said, oh, that's cool. And then I started looking at their books and I liked them. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'll just submit it. And, you know, whatever happens, happens. And uh, 
I remember I followed up on the submission and they sent me um, an email basically saying, hey, we're still discussing it. I'm like, oh, so it could happen. <laughs> like, that's like a possibility. Yeah. And then uh, it happened and it was awesome. And then I think what really was beneficial for me was that I had a lot of experience with self-publishing and putting projects together. And I think at the time I already had put – I've already produced maybe four issues of Captives and I finished Champions of Earth and I finished he- uh, Hard Tales. So for me, and especially I've, I've worked with Robert for a while, so we just hit the ground running. It was a nice. very natural transition for us. You know, we were just acting basically the same way we always acted. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and then everything started to kind of move from there. Um, but yeah, it was exciting. Can, can you tell us more about the, um, the, the plot to Headless and, you know, overall yeah. what the, the book's about? Yeah, um, it's kind of, I think the really short, a version I tell people is it's an 80s revamp of the Headless Horseman, mm-hmm. and it combines the Salem Witch Trials with the Headless Horseman. Like in my story, the Headless Horseman's origin is directly connected to the he- the Salem Witch Trials, mm-hmm. and uh, the Headless Horseman is origin is connected to a historical figure from the Salem Witch Trials. So, and I think giving that having that kind of basis to it is what made it really fun for me. And um, I've always been really into the Headless Horseman. I, I don't know what it is. Uh, you know, when you're growing up and you watch TV, sometimes there's certain things you just keep seeing. And mm-hmm. I always found myself finding Headless Horseman stuff growing up. And I think when I, you know, grew up, I said, I want to make a Headless Horseman comic. But the thing about the Headless Horseman that I've always not liked in most of the versions I've seen of it, he's mm-hmm. just this, like, monster. Doesn't really right. have a personality. Yeah. And he just just kind of kills people and I or said, he has no, Christopher Walken's head. head or something like that. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Well, actually, what I like about um, Sleepy Hollow is it really gets into his backstory a lot, which I yeah. like a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just said to myself, no, I want to make a Hellas Horseman story where we understand the Hellas Horseman as a character. We understand the Hellas Horseman's perspective and why the Hellas Horseman is doing what he's doing. So that's how I really approach this book. And then in addition to that, you have all these other characters that get kind of almost like it's almost written almost like a horror like murder mystery but it's not like it's it's a very interesting project when i put it together and i thought i don't think anybody well, not that but i'm thinking i really like this robert really likes this i don't know how other people are gonna you know take this because it's mm-hmm. it's a kind of interesting or different take on something and scout liked it so it worked out nice yeah yeah the um from some of the previews um robert's artwork looks amazing in there yeah, and robert's uh, awesome. One yeah, day he won't return my calls. That's my joke. Oh, yeah. gonna, I just see that yeah. coming. He's going to be like, there's going to be a line for him somewhere. And I'm like, hey, it's me, Alex. He's like, no, nah, I don't talk to that guy anymore. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got quite a bit of range because I'm looking at his uh, the captives artwork right now. And it reminds me of like Tom Grummet. And uh, it's, you know, heavy fantasy style. But the uh, the work in um, Headless is kind of got a little bit of an animation flair to it. And um, I'm trying to remember it. There's another artist named uh, Shakad. Sh- Day, I'm butchering that, and he's reminding me of that too. Um, I can so I'm, see that. I'm, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing seeing his work. Desley well, class because that was the hit I got on. Oh, Wes Craven or not Wes Craven? Wes Craig. Wes Craig. Wes Cra- <laughs> because yeah. it was that, <laughs> is that color aesthetic? Yeah. You know, oh, I love the color aesthetic. class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, Robert uh, and the style too. That's what the I, thing, that was my hit on it. What's really interesting about Captives versus um, Headless is that Captives was inked by uh, Dan Parson. Yeah. Or Parsons, oh, yeah. I should say. He did. Yeah. Um, he worked on Star Wars books for a while, and I really like his work a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, I really like Dan a lot. Whenever I go to a show, he's like one of the first people I hang out with. <laughs> he's a really cool guy. And 
Um, so when Robert was drawing captives, um, I think he was trying really hard to produce it in a way that kind of worked with an inker. Mm-hmm. But Robert really likes inking his own work, and he really likes the style he draws in. That's what he really likes to do with Headless. Mm-hmm. So when we made Headless, one of the first things he told me was he's like, I want to ink it. And I want to, you know, do X, Y, and Z. And I said, just, just do you, man. And he's like, I want it to be blue and pink. I'm like, let's do it. You know, like, nice. whatever you want to do, let's do it. And yeah. something well, that'll pop I'm, off the shelf too. That was that's it. it kind of worked out that way. I didn't, I didn't plan it that way. But I remember when I see, I, I was lucky enough to get the like print PDF, um, and I saw it, and I'm like, man, that's gonna look so awesome on a shelf. It just like mm. pops out. Mm-hmm. And um, one thing too that's important to me as a writer is that I especially since Robert is a co-creator, I try really hard to let him be as involved in the process as possible. So if Robert goes, I want to do X, I'm like, well, let's see if we can make it work. Let's try to get it in the story. Or he's like, I want to draw this this way. And Mm -hmm. one of the fun things about the way Robert draws the Headless Horseman in the story is that um, he has a head. It's just not attached well. Mm -hmm. So sometimes (laughs) he'll have a head and then sometimes his head falls off and sometimes he's holding it and sometimes he puts it back. It's actually held on his it's held on by a hangman's noose, and there's a whole reason for that. I don't want to spoil it. Okay. Um, yeah, but yeah, no. no. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember too when Robert was kind of pitching it. I, 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 do you guys ever play the game for Sega called uh, Decap Attack? No. <laughs> it sounds great. <laughs> yeah. It's it's just like really fun random game, and the basic premise of the game, or the setup of the game, is that you're this monster, and you could rip your head off and throw it at people, and then <laughs> you have like, but what's weird is when, like the the character has eyes in his stomach and on his head so when he doesn't have his head he like sees through his stomach i'm like that is so cool like i want mm-hmm. i like that idea so it, i mean in in our story the headless person doesn't have eyes on his chest or anything but the idea of like head comes off and head gets put right. back on we don't know there's still more issues to come <laughs> that's right we don't know what's gonna happen but i will say this um what's funny is sometimes i would have to write in the script he has no head here because i find most of the time robert wants to draw him with a head and I'm like, no, no, he's the headless horseman. Like, we can't always have his head on. <laughs> so. <laughs> right. So uh, you went from publishing, self-publishing a couple of uh, titles to working with Scout Comics. Are they pretty hands-off and giving you free reign to do what you want? Oh, they're incredibly supportive. That's what, that's. I was super nervous. Um, not nervous, but I remember being concerned when I signed up with Scout because I was so used to self-publishing. I just got this like paranoia that they were going to get heavily involved in the editing and this, they're not like that at all. And Mm, scout is really just do what you want to do. And the way scout operates from what I can see, which I'm really grateful for is if they like what you're doing, they're like, just do it. You know, they Mm. don't, they don't really get concerned with how you put the story together or, I mean, as long as it works, obviously, but they're very, very open. And you could see it with the kind of stuff they've been putting out. Um, like uh, Metal Shark Bro and all this kind of Gut Ghost just came out. Yeah, and, like, we just got this... Gut Ghost, yeah. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> all so this really great. cool, interesting stuff. Um, actually, Scout reminds me of almost Dark Horse Comics back in the day or like uh, when they were just putting out really interesting stuff like Concrete and Madman and, you know, right. all that kind of stuff. And the same thing with Image too, you know. I think Scout's just making this very active effort to – put out different books and put out books that are unique that you don't really see everywhere. And I guess I just fit right in with that, which was awesome. So yeah, it's been they, great. 
they fill the same headspace for me as like Vault Comics and um, mm-hmm. a couple of the other new newer ones that have been popping up lately. Um, so besides, because uh, I've already ordered, I think the first three issues of Headless, well, or at least you, the first sir. two. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, besides that, do you have anything else? Um, in you know coming coming up there that yeah, you're working on? I do. Um, I have a. I'm not allowed to talk about it yet, but I have a book coming out probably next year. Okay. Um, from a different publisher, and then I have. Uh, I'm, it's actually exciting. I'm going to be doing it soon. But um, do you guys know the movie Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Oh, yeah. oh of course. <laughs> so uh, it's based on a novel, Who Censored Roger Rabbit? Yeah. And um, so the author is uh, a guy named Gary Wolf. And um, I saw the movie Who Framed Roger Rabbit again recently. Not that recently, but somewhat recently. And then I remember finding out it was based on a book. So I said, well, I got to read the book. And the book mm-hmm. is amazing. And then I said, I'm just going to email him just, just for fun. And I remember even at the time, my wife was like, why would you do that? I'm like, why? What was, what's the issue? She's like, he's a busy guy. He doesn't want random. I'm like, <laughs> like, what does he care? You know, what, what, what harm is in it? He could just ignore me and never respond. What does it matter? Hmm. And I emailed him and I told him I make comics. And then he, res- he, respond- he replied and he said, um, can I see more of your comics? And I was like, well, sure. And I showed him. And then he said, hey, I'm trying to get my first, you know, I'm trying to adapt my first book into it. Well, he didn't say that. He wanted to turn his first book into a comic. Hmm. And so him and I are working together right now. And um, no kidding, yeah, yeah awesome. it's awesome, really exciting. It's a it's a book called Killer Bowl. It was his first novel, and it's the wildest thing I've ever read. So to get to work <laughs> on it is awesome. Basically, it's this kind of dystopian future where people play football, but they play for twenty four hours. Hmm. So every quarter is six hours. And they play in the actual street of whatever city they're playing in. So if they're playing in Boston, they're in the streets of Boston mm-hmm. or they're playing in Seattle or whatever. And but the big thing about the book, too, is that they're allowed to kill each other while they're playing. <laughs> and they all have different like <laughs> like there's all these like very specific rules, which makes it really fun. Like the players are allowed to carry certain weapons, but they're not allowed to carry other weapons. And then every team has a guy called the hidden safety and he's allowed to hide anywhere in the city and he has a rifle, but he only has one bullet. And, um, the first scene in the book basically is, um, the main character is like throwing the winning game pass basically. And then one of his players jumps up to catch it and he gets his head blown off. And then that's, and that's it. And then what's really creepy and awesome about the book is that it's written in the sense that you as the reader realize this is horrific. Mm-hmm. But everybody else in the book thinks it's normal. Gotcha. It's just, it's yeah. just the way things are. So it's it's such an awesome book. And also to get to work with such a good writer where whenever I feel like we're writing it together. So when I put things together, he's like, you should do this and this. I'm like, OK, because you know what you're talking about. It takes all mm-hmm. the pressure off my shoulders. So, yeah, we're doing that right now. We're going to try to uh, crowdfund it. And okay. then um, from there, yep. I, I can't. You know, but then we'll see where that goes. But yeah, yeah. and I'm working with um, the artist is uh, Robert's going to work on it, but also um, Giancarlo Caracuzzo. Mm-hmm. He did a lot of. Do you, do you know his stuff? Uh, I've heard the name, but I can't really he, picture it he, right now. He's awesome. He's an Italian artist. He lives in Rome, I think. And um, I found his stuff at one point. He actually worked on an issue of Captives. And he did such an awesome – I haven't published that one yet, though. But he did such an <laughs> awesome job. Um, I pitched this to him, and he's like, yeah, absolutely. So to get to work with a guy like that who has so much experience. He did um, a bunch of Marvel books, and like he did some DC books, and he's done like tons of independent stuff. Like He's done stuff for Image and I think IDW and Dark Horse, and he's awesome. So for me, I feel like the um, 
like the newbie you know mm-hmm. i'm just like the, the guy surrounded by people who have a lot of experience and know what they're doing which is like nerve-wracking but at the same time it is exciting you know oh, yeah definitely <laughs> yeah that's that's the other stuff i have coming out um cool but yeah well, and then when, i have when go that ahead, goes to kickstarter oh no you're good when that goes to kickstarter definitely you know give us a heads up we can always share it on our social media oh that would be amazing yeah i'm definitely i'm probably going to try to launch the campaign in two or three weeks we're just putting it together right okay. now um but that's exciting so yeah I, I think the only thing that's been weird for me is that everything is happening at the same time so i have no social life now <laughs> <laughs> yeah it sounds like you got a lot going on i i um, i'm go ahead <laughs> Uh, I was just going to try to wrap up here, but uh, I was wanting to remind our listeners when Headless hits the shelves, if it hasn't already. Chris? Uh, That is going to be the 28th of August. August 28th. Mm -hmm. Coming up. And then we will have Alex here for a signing that day. And so you can come on down, say hi, check out the book. So, yeah. All right, cool. And then everybody should buy like 20 copies, right? Oh, that, of course, yeah. Right? That's like a automatically assumed. Um, get all the speculators in here, too. You know, yeah, just get right. everybody. No, they, hey, you know, it's going to be turned into a movie. I already got the deal. No, that's not true. But, hey. um, <laughs> I mean, it might be one day. I don't know. Anyway, um, it's exciting. The streaming but, wars will make sure that happens, yes. Sure, sure. And uh, it's just been fun. But I, I was saying, you know, the other day how pretty much all I do on my days off is write. <laughs> and then on top of that, I'm trying to do... 20 podcasts before the book comes out i think i have maybe mm. six or seven so i've just whenever i'm not writing i'm like doing podcasts wow, or something else great. so it's it's awesome but i don't know i'm like this, this should have been spaced out better i was thinking in my life i'm like <laughs> why does everything happen at the same time when it rains it pours yeah yeah mm-hmm. it's, it's been great though but then yeah and i have a, a really good book coming out hopefully in 2020 but maybe 2021 i don't know we'll see but that's gonna be yeah. awesome too but i'm not allowed yeah. to talk about it all right well that's right around the corner i look forward to hearing uh hearing it um uh, i just want to say one more thing before we wrap up is that uh you mentioned that the headless horseman was kind of everywhere on on uh tv and stuff growing yep. up i remember the headless horseman from an episode of scooby-doo what <laughs> what i yeah. didn't know he was on scooby-doo yeah of course if Cthulhu was on Scooby-Doo, they had to give Seriously? him some time to head as right? Westman. Oh, yeah, there that? was a Cthulhu episode. Was that a newer episode? <laughs> no, that's an old one. You can oh find it God, on YouTube. I that one. Uh, Scooby-Doo yeah. is like my favorite thing to watch at like 2 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday when everyone's asleep. <laughs> oh, wait, I mixed it up. He was on Ghostbusters, not Scooby-Doo. Uh, oh. Scooby-Doo, Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah, sorry. that one I have seen. Okay. Same yeah. thing. And didn't they had, Michael like, you guys remember when they had the, like, real Ghostbusters and they had the fake Ghostbusters cartoon? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I always yeah. thought that was pretty funny, but yeah, no. So it's 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 for me, it's exciting to get to work on the Headless Horseman and kind of do it my way. Mm-hmm. Um, my only joking concern is I'm like the historical figures I used, I don't portray them in a very good light. Hmm. Um, I don't. I'm like jokingly in my head. I'm like, is somebody gonna get mad at me? Who's <laughs> like possibly related to? We this got like person. an Ichabod Crane society out there. Cotton oh Mather's family is dead. Right? <laughs> I don't I know. Mean, yeah. We'll see. Maybe it'll, it'll, be, it'll be funny. You know, I can. I'll roll with it. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be exciting. And uh, yeah, that's it. Cool. I'm gonna stop talking. <laughs> no, you're good. you're good, man. No worries. Is there a good way for people to track uh, when your Kickstarter's coming out and all the different things that you're up to, like social media or website? Yeah, uh, I'm gonna. I'm on Facebook, and uh, I'm, I keep telling myself to get other forms of social media, so I'm gonna begrudgingly do that soon. So, um, how can they follow you on Facebook? Yeah, just look up uh, Alex Bankita, okay. um, B as in boy, A N C H I T T A. 
And then, yep, I'll be on there. And then, uh, yeah, I'd also you can go to my website, frightcomics.com. And we'll have, we'll have links to all of this in the show notes for this episode. And I have, so, a, I have a mailing list. So, um, oh, but what's great. great, my mailing list is just full of people I met at conventions. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> that but, counts. So, Whatever works. No, it is. But I'm like, you know, I should make this easier for people to get and like sign up for. So you can just go to my website and email me. I'll put you on the list. But my mailing list, I, I try to only put one out like once every two or three months because I don't want to bother people. Right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's a good way to keep up with me, too. Great. Cool. Yeah. Well, Alex, thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to reading Headless when it hits the shelves. And uh, good luck with all of your future projects. Thank you for having me on. Super uh, appreciative of it. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that's our show. Thank you again to Alex Bankita for joining us today. The Perfect Bound Podcast is brought to you by the Panel Jumper. See everything Cole Hornaday and I do at thepaneljumper.com, as well as Comic Extension here at 319 Northeast 45th Street in beautiful downtown Wallingford, or 24 hours a day, seven days a week at comicsengine.com. Subscribe to the show on iTunes or however you get your podcast at perfectboundpodcast.com. Send us an email, perfectboundpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week. Woo.